Messiah. You see, God has come to the most unlikely people, urging them to follow, asking them to trust. The stories have been told for centuries. The wait is nearly over. Today, our Savior is born to bring light into dark places, to be the voice in the wilderness, to call you to come home, to bring joy to the world. God has chosen you and he does not make mistakes. God's timing is not our timing. His love is not our love. He's turned his love into flesh and blood and for that, we rejoice, Emmanuel. So don't wait, don't pack, don't plan. Just go. There is a world lost and hungry. There is a world lonely and wandering. And he has called us to go and tell them. Go and tell them what God is doing. Go and tell them that God is coming. Go and tell them. God is here.
make some noise for the Lord this morning. Amen. How many people are excited to be in the house of the Lord? Make a little noise. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're really excited that you're here. And um, you know what? How about look to somebody to your left and right. Tell them Merry, Merry Christmas this morning. But, you know, today I know a lot of people have probably already given gifts and a lot of stuff has already gone on. But this morning we're here not to just sing some Christmas songs, but we're here to engage the presence of a real God. He's here for us. And uh, this morning I'm just going to say a quick prayer and we're just going to jump right into worship. Sound good? All right. So, Lord, we do lift you up. God, we thank you. Come on, just tell him that. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your gift to us. We thank you for Jesus. Lord, and we just ask you right now in this moment just to open up our hearts. God, we're so thankful. We're so grateful for everything that you do for us. Lord, today is your day. Every day is your day. Lord, we want to worship you this morning. Lord, we love you. We thank you this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. If you know the words of these songs, just help, them, help us uh, sing them out this morning. stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin.
worship.
And this will be a good time to stand our feet and exalt him. Give him praise. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's what this day is all about. Hallelujah. Amen. As you're having your seat, I invite all the kids to come up. If they'll come sit with me, we'll talk about the Advent candle a little bit. I'll take Pastor John's place here. Come on, kids. I need somebody to come and join me. To me, anybody under 30 is a kid, so if you want to come on up. Oh, here's some. All right. Good deal. So what I want to know is who's already opened your presents? Has anybody not opened your presents yet? All right. Somebody's not. I haven't either, so i got to preach real fast today so we can get home and open them, right? Amen. Okay, what is your most favorite thing about Christmas? Jesus. Hey, that's a good answer. Jesus. What about you? Christ is born. Christ is born. Amen. Anybody else? What kind of food do you like on Christmas? What's your favorite food? What are you going to eat today? Do you know? Surprise? Happy meal or something? What? What? Pancakes. Pancakes. Started the day good. Amen. Well, let's look at that Advent wreath over there. We want to talk about it a little bit this morning. What's that setting on, all those candles, what's that setting on? What's that called? A wreath. And the thing about that wreath, it's a circle. That represents God's eternity. There's no beginning or end. He goes on forever. And then those candles, there's, it, it represents the four weeks leading into Christmas. And that pink candles, anybody re remember what that represents? There's one of them's joy. This one represents, what I'm looking for is hope. And a matter of fact, that's the prophecy candle. They call it because it's that promise of the hope of the Messiah to come. And, and then the second candle uh, was called the Bethlehem candle. And that's to help. It represents peace, but it's to help us to remember to prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ. And then we've got the shepherd's candle is the third one. And that represents the joy because the shepherds were excited when an angel came and the joy of Jesus coming. And, and then the last one is the love candle. And that's called the angel's candle. Because they proclaimed that God was going to send his love through Jesus to save us all. So that's kind of what the Advent candle means. But what about that white one? We just lit that today. What does that represent? Jesus. Yep, take that one. That's a good one. Jesus' birthday. That's it. Amen. I wasn't planning this, but uh, do you think we sing happy birthday to Jesus this morning? Abby, you want to have somebody... You ready to sing? Let's sing Happy Birthday to Jesus. That's what that white candle's all about, okay? Man, let's give Jesus a hand and our children a hand. You can go back to your seats. All right. And let's. Welcome Forgot. to Church on the Rock. We are so glad you're here worshiping with us today. back of the chair in front of you, we have a lot of information about our church. Our inside look lets you know everything about who we are and what we believe in. Our ministry guide gives you plenty of ways to get connected through classes, 
small groups, and outreach opportunities. If you're a first-time guest, please fill out the white card in the seat back in front of you, drop in the offering, or you can bring it across the hall to the Connect Room where you'll receive a free gift bag. And don't forget about our coffee bar and snacks between Sunday services in the Connect Cafe. We are so glad you're here, and we hope you know there is always a place for you. Here's what's happening at Church on the Rock. Wednesday, December 28th, we will have a holiday family concert featuring great talent from our own church. Youth and kids will join us, and nurseries will be available for children through the age of three. A huge thank you to all who contributed and served to make our month of Christmas outreach a success. Many children will have a blessed Christmas because of your generosity. We would like to wish all of our Church on the Rock family a very Merry Christmas. Enjoy the holidays and be sure to remember the true reason for the season. just a moment since this is our weekend service and just take time to receive an offering and so if you have your tithes and offerings this is your opportunity to give them or if you just want to spe give a special gift to the Lord maybe to the building fund we're, we ran over that 750,000 mark and we're hoping to break ground in the spring and just add on make room for more people so let's give God glory for that and a reminder that this last year, we gave over 500,000 emissions. That's over 13% of what comes in. So let's pray we can even do better next year. Amen. So as you give, we're going to watch a little video to tell the Christmas story in kind of a funny way. An angel came to see Mary. She was doing laundry. And then the angel just appeared and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're gonna have, what? I can't, I can't say good. Mary, you're gonna have a baby. I, you're gonna have a baby and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not gonna have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager, I'm not married. Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. A camel. Oh, yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. Well, they tried to go to a hotel, and they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, we have no rooms. Literally, no rooms. <laughs> so Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, the only place in here in Bethlehem that, that you can stay, stay is a staple, and then he just pointed the way and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, and then they saw angels. The angels said, a new baby is getting born who is king of the Jews. The angel were singing. Oh, 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 oh,
And then the shepherd said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out a night. And then the wise men heard about it. And then a star appeared. Well, we should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, that I have at home. Some diapers and some wipes and some milk, some <laughs> shoes, some Jordans. Gold, Frank, and Latimer. And I don't know how it would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's going to be our best friend. I love you, and you're the best baby i ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is going to change the world. You know, that could be a little hard to follow, but how about Pastor Travis? Read us the story out of the Bible, and so we hear it the way maybe we're used to hearing it. It's from Luke chapter 2. It says this, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for him in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. For there is born for you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that had, they had heard and that they had seen and that were told to them. Amen. 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 Let's worship one more song.
be a good time to give God glory. Come on, just give a hand clap. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, before you sit down, look at your neighbor and tell him Jesus loves you.
Amen. Well, I have a short message. It's not going to be too long, too long for two reasons. One is I haven't opened my Christmas presents yet. And the second reason, I've got a turkey hanging over charcoal in a barrel, so we don't want that to. Does anybody remember the uh, ice storm when we had Christmas, a turkey halfway done, the power goes out and finish it on the barbecue, I think. I think uh, not going to be quite that cold this year, huh? And I want to sh share a message entitled, Christ, the Hope of the World. And I want you to think about that a minute. Christ, the Hope of the World. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you that in the middle of just hopelessness sometimes, Lord, we can look to Jesus for our hope, Lord. And it's, it's, it's a fact, Lord, that it's, it's based on a God that doesn't lie, that you loved us so much you sent your son to die for us. And I pray today especially, if somebody doesn't know you personally, they'll come to know you. And Lord, those that, that, of us that know you, have a relationship with you, Lord, we declare this is going to be the best year yet coming to 2017, Lord. We just want to thank you for the opportunity to serve you. We want to thank you for the opportunity to be a light for you. And so, Lord, just help us to follow you more close than ever and just be obedient. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when we were talking about hope, when I was young, and I know some of you kids may be hoping for something special for Christmas. Did any of you kids get what you wanted for Christmas or what you're hoping for? Hopefully your mom and dad are seeing you raise your hands. But I was hoping for a BB gun. That's what I was hoping for when I was a kid. But that Christmas story, you know, on TV, and Santa says, what? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Well, here's why I didn't get a BB gun. My grandpa had a glass eye. Seriously. And you know how he got that. Some kids were playing with a BB gun, and a BB bounced off a tree and put his eye out. So do you think my parents were going to get me a baby gun? It didn't happen. Do you think we got our kids a BB gun? No, it didn't happen. But that was something I was hoping for. But hope is not, I hope my team wins this year, the super, you know, the super Bowl, or I hope I get a raise. Biblical hope is a, not a hope so, but a no so. It isn't wishing for the best. It isn't waiting to see what happens and hoping it turns out well. Hope is not a feeling or an emotion. Hope is a knowledge of the facts. And when somebody says to you, I hope you have a great day, that doesn't necessarily mean that everything's going to go well for your day. To have a biblical hope is to have an anchor for your soul. And because hoping for rain when the chance is 60% and you need your water garden, I mean, that's just wishful thinking, okay? Because it's not predictable. Uh, there's no facts that anything like that's going to happen when you're just thinking about those things. Human hope pales in comparison to biblical hope. A Christian's definition of hope is far superior than that of the world. Instead of wishing or hoping for something to happen, a believer knows that his hope is solid. It's concrete. Why? Because it's based in the God that created us, it, and we got a God that does not lie. Amen? And Christian hope is defined in Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so our hope is like a faith, a faith that's not be moved by the circumstances, a faith that's not uh, dependent on what we see, uh, because our faith, again, is in a God that created us, a God that loves us so much he sent his son Jesus to die for us. And I think this verse in Romans 8 really sums it up well. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly await things. If God is for us, who can be against us? 
I mean, that's what it's all about. You know, as we celebrated this Advent season, the first candle represented hope. And that candle is a reminder of the hope of the Messiah, the Savior, a deliverer God was going to send. And then we lit that candle today. That was the fulfillment of that promise, Christ being born, and the answer to all those promises. And isn't it amazing that Jesus Christ, the hope of the world, came as a baby? I mean, that's hope personified. I mean, first of all, babies are pure potential. They're all about the future. I mean, what father or mother has not looked into the face of their child and wondered, what will this child accomplish? Will there be a doctor that saves lives? Will there be a, a teacher that shapes minds? Will there be a, a, a lawyer that defends justice? You know, an engineer, a scientist, a, a missionary. You know, what will they be? Anything's possible. And Mary had more than the usual paternal pride to justify the great hope she had in her son because the previous year she had been visited by an angel. And does anybody know what that angel's name was? Gabriel. And he said this, You will be with child and give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and you will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And then the promise that Mary got from this angel was echoed in the prophecy of Isaiah nearly seven centuries earlier. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of the government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord God Almighty will accomplish this. And not only that, but Mary's husband also received a promise. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. In other words, when Jesus was born, God made it clear this was the baby that was gonna, that the world had been waiting for, watching for, hoping for ever since man and woman were in the Garden of Eden. This was the Messiah, a Savior, a Deliverer, a King that was going to come. Now, you think of the joy that must have filled, uh, you know, Mary and Joseph's heart as they looked down at their tiny son in that manger, in the straw, in that stable with animals, donkeys, and, and cows, and, and sheep, and whatever was there. And the hope that knowing that this child was going to fulfill every one of God's promises, and knowing that he was the one God's people would have forgiveness of sins. He was the one who they'd find true peace and joy in, and he was the one who would establish an eternal kingdom of justice and righteousness. It must have been almost overwhelming. Think of that awesome responsibility that Joseph and Mary had to raise this child. And I mention this because it highlights the fact that Christianity is a religion of hope. It's a faith that looks forward to the future, to the time when God's promises will be fulfilled. That was true for God's people then when they were waiting for this Messiah to show up. It was true for Mary and Joseph as they looked at that child and realized that was the, the promise fulfilled. And it's true for us today as we wait for the advent, the coming of Jesus Christ. And I think it's time to give the Lord a hand clap on that one. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean that Christianity has no relevance for our daily lives right now. Far be from it. Because the Christian faith is very practical. I mean, if you're not a Christian but just follow the teachings of the Bible, your life's going to be better. And so you can't go wrong there. But it's also, it's very practical for right now. But it's not, the now is not our focus. Our focus is a future focus. Because we're just pilgrims passing through. 
this what we see here is just temporary, and it's not going to last very long. And so what do we need to focus on? It says in Colossians, since you've been raised up with Christ, set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your, set your minds on things above, not on the earthly things. You know, our focus is the world to come. But on the other hand, our future focus allows us to live a life today that's full of faith and a fulfilling life and an abundant life. But here's the thing. Even though our focus is on the future and all the great things to come, you know, this sermon could be over right now if it wasn't for one thing. Hope's not automatic, is it? It's not. In fact, sometimes hope's very difficult. Sometimes our circumstances seem anything uh, but hopeful. On the contrary, sometimes they seem all but hopeless. And so how do you sustain hope in the midst of disappointment and difficulty? You know, how do you keep from being completely overwhelmed with pain and trials and difficulty? How do you maintain an attitude, remain an attitude of hope uh, when everything else wants you to yield to despair? Uh, when we can't see a way out, when we uh, feel like giving up. You know, how do we do that? And we've all faced circumstances that seem like there's little hope. It could be in a job. It could be in a marriage. It could be in a relationship with a family member. And some of us have faced seemingly uh, hopeless medical situations, financial situations. And some of you right now could be in the middle of a situation. And I know... It's Christmas, and, and it's full of joy and excitement, but some of you could be here right now and just think, man, how am I going to get through this? I'm by myself right now, or I've went through this or went through that, and it can seem hopeless. Well, let's look to God's Word in Isaiah 40. It says, but those who hope in the Lord. I'm telling you, those who hope in the Lord, what? They'll renew their strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. You know, it's a reminder. First, we've got to put our hope in God. We've got to trust in Him. In Him. And you know, when it's Christmas Eve, I'm telling you, it seems like it's good. Christmas is never going to come. I mean, it's dark outside. Is Christmas going to get here? And you're just you're wondering if it's ever going to come. But guess what? Christmas shows up. The sun comes up, and pretty soon it's Christmas. And then Christmas Day, and you're able to open those presents. And I'm telling you, there's not a hopeless situation at all if you've got Christ in your heart. There's really not. You know, we were in a Christmas Eve situation once. And this was after our first daughter was born. Her name was Amanda, and she was born premature. She only weighed three pounds, three ounces. And the doctors from the start said, plan on her not walking or talking. We have the CAT scans that show it. Two months in the hospital, they had to do a surgery and drill a hole in the skull and put in a little tube and a valve called the shunt and, and to relieve pressure in her brain. And they just kept saying that day after day. But two months later, uh, you know, my wife had to rush her back to the hospital and, and our tire was flat on the car. I wasn't in town. I was off playing football. And, and my wife had the number of a one woman she knew in San Antonio who happened to be a spirit-filled Christian woman who drove her to the hospital saying, we got to pray believing, who drove her to the hospital saying, we're going to pray for other babies. And I'm telling you, the doctors were getting ready to do surgery. They took another CAT scan, and they stopped, and they didn't do the surgery. And I'm telling you, the CAT scans changed. And our daughter now is 30-some years old. But you know what? There was still a few. St- uh, I'll give God a hand clap on that one. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But it seemed like a hopeless situation. But, you know, about a year or so into it, a year and a half, she had to have another surgery. I was doing ministry in Tennessee, and they had to rush her to Knoxville, and they had to put a new valve in, a new shunt, and she's in the hospital seven days. And, and so there was a few bumps along the way. 
And so this is this Christmas when we're driving to Arizona to see my sister and meet my parents in Yuma, Arizona, and didn't have much money at all, just hoping to have enough gas money so there's not really any presents. We're getting each other. Uh, and we're in Arizona a couple days before Christmas. Our daughter, who's what, one and a half, starts having symptoms. And the next thing we know, we're on an air ambulance in a plane going to Phoenix, Arizona to check her into Children's Medical Hospital, and they have to do another surgery. And, but, you know, the way kind of things kind of work, in, in the middle of that, it was very dark. It was very hopeless as we're flying there. But those doctors come out and say, man, the surgery went great. And a matter of fact, I don't know what that hospital in Tennessee was doing, but those, that shunt was archaic. I mean, we don't even use those anymore. I don't know. I haven't seen one in a long time. And we were, ended up at one of the best medical hospitals for children there was in the world. And, uh, and then we're thinking, well, it's going to be a seven-day stay here, and it's Christmas Eve, and we're in the hospital, and it's kind of clearing out. It's amazing how it gets close to Christmas, people get well and get better. But we're there, by, it seemed like, by ourselves in this big hospital. But the doctors come in and do one last check. He say, hey, you know, she's doing so well, why don't you go ahead and take her home? And we drive on home that Christmas Eve, get home late, and here's the thing. Christmas Day came, and our daughter's sitting under that Christmas tree opening a present like nothing had ever happened. And I'm telling you, to me, that's just a picture of the hope you can have in Christ, no matter any situation. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So put your hope in God. Trust in Him. He can help you. I'm telling you, there's nothing impossible. Sometimes it's darkest before the dawn, so never, never, never give up hope. You know, boiling water at 211 degrees, it's just hot water. One more degree and it boils and can send a locomotive down a train track. Just to never, never, never give up. Now, that may seem obvious to, you know, to call on God and let Him be your help. But, you know, sometimes we turn to everybody else and everything else, and God seems to be our last resort. It's kind of backwards, isn't it? You know, as we go, let me give you a little present to take with you. I'm going to give you this present called hope. And I'm going to give you a way to remember it, all right? The H stands for have faith. Say have faith. Because when you're in the middle of a dark situation, you remember, hope, hope, hope. I need to have faith. I need to remember Hebrews 11.1. 1, that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The doctors can't even see the evidence of this miracle, but I'm not going to give up hope. Amen? Because I'm going to have faith. Because why? Because God is a faithful God. He's not a God that will lie, and you can put trust in His Word. But the O in the word hope stands for opposition. How many know there's going to be opposition? There's a devil out there that comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm telling you, there'll be opposition to your mission. There always is. And I'm telling you, he'll make you think things are hopeless. As a matter of fact, whether you're on the battlefield or at the, the, the bed of a loved one, a sick bed of a loved one, there's not any more words as powerful in the English language and devastating as there is no hope. Matter of fact, in Dante's The Infernal, Infernal, the sign above the gates of hell reads this. Abandon all hope, ye who enter. That's why we need to go to heaven. Because that's a place there's not going to be any hope at all. The devil wants to steal your faith. And so you need to H, have what? Have faith. O, opposition. You're going to be opposition. But the P stands for practice the presence. 
Some of you might know what that is. For others, we're talking about the presence of God. How do you practice the presence? Well, you put on some worship music. You just sing to Him. You just talk to Him. Some of you just need to sit down in your rocking chair out on the porch and just be silent before the Lord and just tell Him He's a good God. Invite His presence. Because what happens when His presence comes? You could be empty of faith and it will begin to fill up. You'll begin to be reminded of the some promises. You might even be reminded of a time you didn't think you were going to get out of a situation. And all of a sudden you remember, the Holy Spirit said, I got you out of that one, didn't I? You know, when we're in the middle of our daughter being born and I was trying to call anybody who I thought who could pray for me because my best prayer usually was the Lord's Prayer. I just slow it down real good and try to mean it a lot. And I was trying to call these pastors and priests and, and I had to go to this chapel. I, looked, I just went to this chapel in the hospital and I just got down and said, my best God help me prayer. And I walked out with this feeling everything's going to be all right. I said that to my wife every day. And now I realize that was God speaking to me because it stick with me today. And you're going to be in the midst of those situations. I'm telling you, when you practice the presence, God can give you that little word to hold on to. He really can. You know, the Scripture, as a deer pants for the water, so my soul pants after you. Get a picture of a deer that's been running from his enemy. I mean, his tongue's hanging out. He's just, you know, thirsty as can be, and he finally gets to this big lake or water. First of all, he's able to quench his thirst. But you know what else? He can get in that water and lose the scent of his enemy. I'm telling you, you get in God's presence to get under the shadow of His wing, that enemy's not going to be able to find you, is he? So you need to have faith. Remember there's opposition. But what else you need to do? Practice what? The presence. And the last one, what's that last letter, kids, of hope? E, it means expect victory. Just as surely as you can expect opposition, I guarantee you, you can expect victory. Because, again, you've got to have that faith in God. And here's the thing about God. He knew that we were going to mess up. He, knew, he knows we're selfish. He knows we're ungrateful. And no matter how hard we try, we can't live up to His righteousness and standards. But I'm telling you, if God is for you, who can be against you? And He sent a solution, and that was His Son Jesus, to pay the penalty for our sins that we could have, not just go to heaven, but have grace to live this life. And then He gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit so we could have power over sin. Well, I'm telling you, when that gravity of the law of sin tries to pull you down, the law of the Spirit can lift you up over it. And then He gives us a gift of righteousness because He knows we can't measure up, and we just got to receive that gift. And then we are right in His standing through His gift of righteousness. I'm telling you, it's a win-win for us, isn't it? If we just trust Him. If we just stay close to Him. And as I want to close with this scripture in Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we can say, when we say Christ is the hope of the world, we're setting forth one of the greatest truths of the universe. Christ is the one and only one who offers the world a foundation that they can really build a great life on. And so during this Christmas season, let's not just remember all we need to be thankful for and all the blessings we have, but we need to remember those who need some hope right now. Maybe Christians who have slipped away or Christians who are in the middle of something. Like right now in Little Rock Hospital, little Eli, a little boy uh, in our church that uh, the doctor said wouldn't walk or talk and needed a miracle a couple years ago and got one. And matter of fact, he walked down the aisles as I performed a wedding for his aunt. But, you know, he's back in the hospital right now. 
and they got him in an induced coma, his brain swelling. So I pray for Eli, Lord, that you'll do a miracle for that family. Today, Christmas Day, Lord, as a reminder, Lord, that you were sent to heal, to save. Lord, we, and just anybody else that needs a miracle, Lord, we want to agree for that right now. But you know what I want us to remember going into this new year? That we are that hope for people who don't have a relationship with Christ. In Colossians it says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I'm telling you, what do you say we make a pledge that we're going to let our light shine more this year than we ever have before? And I'm telling you, we are that hope. And so before we go, I do want to ask you a question. I asked it last night. Several people, I bet over half a dozen, raised their hand and asked Christ in their life. And I ask you this question, if you died today, would you go to heaven or hell? You know, you could kind of be thinking, how did I end up at church today? Well, your relatives invited you or your husband or whatever. And, but you know what? God had a divine appointment for you. And you could be here and not sure if you'd go to heaven if you died. Or you could be here and maybe you kind of know the story that Christ died for you. You've gotten off track. You've never really invited Him in your heart and really fully just trusted Him. And I'm going to ask you today, if you're not sure, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in front of some people. But if you're going to raise your hand, we're going to pray for you right where you're at. But you know, this is between you and God. This is not you joining a church. This is you saying, God, I give you permission. I've been doing it my way long enough. And today, I want to say, come into my life and change me. So if that's you, you hold your hand up. We're going to say a prayer right where you're at. Anybody need to ask Christ in your life? Anybody need to get right with God? It's going to take boldness. Here's what, let's just be quiet before the Lord. Just close your eyes and let's just take 30 seconds and just, I'm just asking for the peace of God to come right now. If you're, just so you sense His peace if you're in a situation where you need His peace. Lord, I just want to thank you anytime, anywhere we can stop and practice your presence. And again, I just declare this over us out of Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to sing a last song and dismiss. And if you need to get things right with God, just meet me over at that cross when we close. If you want prayer for any reason, we're not going to have an official altar, but I'm going to have some staff and some of our altar team. If you'll just wait around and we just need to agree with you something in prayer. But let's just sing this last song together and we'll dismiss you to go home and, and have a great time with your family today.
Well, I appreciate you all coming and spending time with Jesus today. Amen. But remember, we kind of sang a little song there. It talks about family. You know, that's what this is all about. When this is all over, all God's going to have left to show for is family. And so remember that as you leave today. If you need to ask forgiveness for somebody, tell them forgiveness. I mean, get things mended there in your family. Amen. Call somebody. Grandma or grandpa, tell them hi. But God bless you. Merry Christmas and have a great new year. We'll have a few people hang around the altar if you need prayer. God bless you. It's truly